0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, February 28th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini.
1: And I'm Arsene and Culture Ashley Steves. Ashley,
0: as everybody heard in the feed, we took Friday's episode off because of everything that was happening in Ukraine. Um, Obviously, that situation has not resolved itself, obviously. Um, And not that we anticipated that it would, but we didn't feel that it was appropriate to be talking about the normal, you know, silly stuff, at least in relation to that on Friday. We are back because there is news and there are things that we need to talk about. But our, our thoughts and for those of us that pray I'm sure our prayers um, are with everybody in Ukraine. And hopefully there will be a Mm -hmm. speedy and peaceful resolution. I don't know that that sounds like that's in the cards necessarily for the immediate future. um, But we hope for the best for everybody um, on on both sides, honestly, because it doesn't sound like the Russian people really want this either. So uh, um, so our thoughts are still with everybody uh, there. And um, but we are going to get back into the Broadway news here today. It's our job after all. It is. Um, And what else is our job is other stuff in addition to Today on Broadway. And on Thursday um, evening, which came out... Actually, right as James and I were getting ready to record that little Today on Broadway thing uh, for Friday, I had a special episode with the great jazz singer and singer-songwriter Spencer Day about his new album, Broadway by Day. It was a great conversation. The album's fantastic. It was released by Club 44 Records on Friday. It's really, really good. This is the first time that Spencer's released an album of all cover songs, and they are all Broadway songs, Uh, but he did take a really interesting... uh, approach to a number of them. Uh, the show... or I'm sorry, the, the, the album has some classics, has some Rodgers and Hammerstein, um, but also kind of has a lot of songs from the generation after show tunes became standards and popular songs at mm-hmm. large. So it's a really interesting album, great voice, and we had a great conversation, so please check that out in, uh, in your podcast feed. And then on Sundays this week on Broadway... The great and the good Elizabeth Stanley joined the crew to talk about um, the upcoming Master Voices concert staging of Anyone Can Whistle that I cannot believe that I'm going to be in town two days after. I'm so mad (laughs) at myself. (laughs) Um, But they talked about that. uh, Hmm. And if I didn't, if I didn't, if if my brother hadn't gotten our plane tickets, I might have bumped that up. But anyway,
1: sorry, um, sorry for the trip.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, in the review section, they talk about Black No More, English uh, at the Atlantic Theatre Company, Daughter-in-Law from the Mint Theatre Company, Merchant of Venice at Theatre for a New Audience and more. So check those things out in the show notes. All right, Ashley, we have some bad news to get into on the show today, but let's start with the good news. Because on Friday morning, it was announced that the lovely off-Broadway production of Janine Tesori and David Lindsay-Abert's musical adaptation of the latter's play, Kimberly Akimbo will make a transfer to Broadway this fall. With performances starting on October 12th, ahead of a November 10th opening, the entire cast from the Atlantic Theatre Company off-Broadway run will be moving with the show. This absolutely pitch-perfect cast is led by the legendary Victoria Clark as Kimberly, who is a teenager that has a genetic disease that makes her look like she is 72 years old. I don't believe Victoria Clark looks 72 years old, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. Um, but playing Kimberly's parents are the always delightful Stephen Boyer and Ali Mazzi And 2023 Tony nominee Bonnie Milligan plays her Fact. absolutely bonkers aunt. Um, also in the cast are Olivia, Elsie, are Olivia Elise Hardy, Fernell Hogan, Michael Iskander, and Nina White. The show is scheduled to play a Schubert theater that has not yet been named, but with performance dates attached, uh, it is likely that they have one lined up and either they're waiting for the current show to announce a closing date, or they're just waiting to announce this to get another spin through the old news cycle uh, when tickets go on sale or something. But, um, Actually, I saw the show at The Atlantic, and I thought it was really well done. I thought it was great. I thought it was funny. Every performance was amazing. I thought the music didn't do nearly as much for me as most other Tesori Mm -hmm. scores normally do. But I believe you saw the show as well, didn't you? Yes, I did. Remind me what you thought of it.
1: Oh, I thought it was perfect. I saw it at the very end of the run, maybe like four days before it closed. Um,
0: And I saw it early in previews.
1: Yeah, and I was really sad that I saw it so late because I wanted to see it at least two or three more times. I'm glad now I have the opportunity to. Exactly. I love the music. I-, I had no idea what to expect going into it other than the synopsis of it, which you already pretty much in short read out. Um, and every it, – it's it's funny, it is touching, uh, it is just it, – it's one of those musicals in – honestly – increasingly rare occurrence that kind of covers everything that you would want from a musical, uh, including like its really pixar ending, which I cried at <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you said Bonnie Milligan is a future Tony nominee. Correct. I wouldn't honestly be surprised, depending on who else is in the running that year. She won, because
0: completely possible. she
1: is just, as soon as she barrels onto that stage, it is one and done. Uh, Victoria Clark is absolutely amazing in everything she does, and this is no exception. I would also not be surprised to see her win a Tony for this. Uh, Absolutely. And and I am just – I'm glad that the entire cast as a whole is returning because I think – all of them on stage together the chemistry was so great i think it's also the uh you know the situation of having an off-broadway transfer of a show that was so loved like (laughs) of all the people that i know that have seen it everyone has loved it and really has latched onto it and wanted to see it or has seen it many many times Mm -hmm. um and you can tell that that's the same with the cast like you can tell that they're close and really bonded with it so it's all. Always really touching to see an off Broadway show transfer to Broadway. Where that is the case,
0: yeah, and you don't know often see that without like a huge star. Obviously, Victoria Clark and Bonnie Milligan sure. are theater names, but they're not like you know big time uh, you know a listers outside of the theater community. Right. But I'm very excited about this. I, I do think it'll be interesting to see how it plays in a larger house. Um, obviously, it depends very on curious. what theater yeah. it goes into. It is a small intimate show, the cast is not very big. I've ran through the entire cast. There's like nine people in the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder if they will add an ensemble, more of a teenage ensemble, um, because there is right possible. now... Yeah, there there are scenes where you could fill out the stage with some more people and just, you know, not give them anything more to do than just kind of be there, sing back up. Um, Especially since ATC's
1: stage is so small to begin with. Uh, exactly. Like, that made more sense for that stage, definitely. And it was, And it wasn't much of a set. Like, the most set that you got was... A in her house, but the first level, not the basement level, um, or in the school library. And that was really as much of a set as you got. So it will be interesting to see if they kind of expand that for the Broadway stage as well. Cause I think they could do a lot of really cool things, especially as far as like the ice, ice rink scenes and things like
0: that. Yeah. They are, there is a number of scenes at an ice rink where, um, they did some really like, I'm not exactly sure how they did the ice skating at Atlantic, to be honest with you, because they're not wearing like oh, rollerblades yeah. to I cover about it. That.
1: Very cool.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how they did that, but uh, it was very fun nonetheless. But yeah. all right, Ashley. After the exciting news <laughs> of the Kimberly Akimbo transfer, <laughs> yeah. we have to temper it. With a little bit of reticence and nervousness because over the weekend, we learned that the legendary, the immortal, the musical theater gift from on high herself, Patti Lapone. Correct. Tested positive for COVID-19 and will miss performances of company on Broadway until at least March 8th. Now, this whole saga actually started out as something exciting as on Saturday, words started trickling out that yeah. the great Jennifer Samard would be moving over from playing Sarah To playing Joanne for the two performances on that day. Uh, I believe those were her first times in the role. Actually, I I don't even know. I don't even know if she was ever officially like listed as an understudy or standby for Joanne, but maybe she was because I I looked before.
1: I didn't think so. I thought, uh, Patty's only understudy was Anisha, but I could be mistaken about that. Um, so I was really surprised to see it, but we'll get into that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We will, but. We didn't get an explanation as to why Patty was out, although there have been some boots of Jennifer's performances of a couple of her songs, so they are out there if you would like to hear them. <laughs> um, but on sa- on Sunday, Patty herself answered the question as to why she was out by tweeting out the most Patty thing possible, saying, "Quote: Hi dolls, <laughs> I showed up for Saturday's matinee, tested positive for COVID with three tests." unfortunately, I'll be out of the show for 10 days. I'm so sorry. Now, not only did she start it out with her signature high dolls, yes, of course, but before anything else, she wanted to make sure that everybody was well aware that she showed <laughs> up to work on Saturday, despite the fact sure. that she had COVID, just didn't know it yet. And also so,
1: that she doesn't have the
0: stomach flu or something again. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've, we've been there. There's lots of speculation about that. Yeah. But the fact that like she was not going to miss unless she tested positive exactly. uh, is so patty. Um, in a subsequent tweet, a company, the show itself, tweeted, quote, to ensure the safety of everyone at the Jacobs Theater, increased testing protocols were automatically triggered, meaning that there will be additional layers of testing for members of the company and everybody working in the theater, so I hope this doesn't spread to be something bigger for sure. that cast. Now, obviously, Ashley, we m- must absolutely protect Patty with everything that we have as a community, Fact. and and we wish her a speedy and painless recovery. However... If Jennifer Samar is going to be on as Joanne for the duration of Patty's absence, I might need to, to figure out a way to get up there to see there that. <laughs> and, and maybe anyone can whistle. As you mentioned, I was just about uh, to say,
1: just a big yeah, old Sondheim trip for you again.
0: Absolutely. Um, you mentioned, uh, Anisha Nagarajan, who is normally one of the mm-hmm. New Yorkers in the show. She is listed as the other Joanne understudy and
1: yep, she's gone I'm on sure, a few times.
0: Yeah. I'm sure she's fantastic. She also uh, understudies Susan, but Anisha is younger than I am. Yeah. Uh, so fitting into that Joanne role is not necessarily a perfect fit for her. So Samard feels like a much smarter choice to hold down the fort from both a character and excitement and totally. buzz perspective.
1: And I mean, Jennifer is so great in the role of Susan normally or Sarah, usually is Sarah, or Susan, Sarah, right? Sarah,
0: she's Sarah. Susan is uh Nikki Renee Daniels. Thank I you.
1: I had a small brain fart. It's been a, a short, long day. Um, um, but she's so great in the role of Sarah so it's it, it, it'll be weird to see her in a different role but i you know i'm not going to say that i listened to those bootlegs that are going around but no, i'm not yes you did
0: i sent them to not, you i literally do you sent th- you tweets do you think
1: you were the first person who no, sent them to me? i do not i do not yeah i listened to them all um yeah and i mean she's still a bit young i think she's in her early 50s and to me i mean Correct. especially ladies who lunch is such a broad song and not like expansive broad but broad with a capital b it's written for broads um, <laughs> she is a broad she's she, a broad though. she is a broad she's just a slightly younger broad than patty lapone i am uh, you know this is uh, <laughs> i get to company because i love company but also because i want to see patty lapone in the role uh this is very easily a way for me to get to company again. I would love to see Jen in that role.
0: Yeah. What year did company debut on Broadway? 71. 71. So I... Bel- uh, Elaine Stritch was born in twenty five, so oh, yeah, so yeah,
1: she was te- technically she, she was, was younger. younger, yeah, or seventy. She was younger. Than... Sorry, not
0: seventy one. I always fix it up. That's okay. Um. So so yes. Yeah, so, I mean, she was forty five when that happened. Then, if that's correct, yeah. So um 70, yeah. 71 So she's actually younger Elaine, than, than Elaine, Jennifer. Martin.
1: Elaine is such a broad, or was she such a broad. a broad, and the role was written for her. So yeah. all all makes sense. But and that's not to say that this isn't a fitting role for Jennifer I think I mean from what I oh, heard, I think she's great she's yeah. incredible I just also I mean I have her in the other role right now and she is yeah, and so, so good. exceptional and should absolutely win a Tony for what she's doing on that stage right now mm. yeah uh, <laughs> we can fight about she it she should That's totally
0: why. be nominated totally be nominated but she this part doesn't sing, doesn't do much singing which is my hesitation yeah. because she doesn't have a really she doesn't have a song she does the doesn't have a ton of solos either. So it's just hard for me to give a musical Tony Award to somebody whose role primarily I doesn't can, sing.
1: I can see the argument, but I still just give her a Tony anyway. Get I would not Tony's be mad about and give it. Her one. Yeah.
0: yeah, I would not be mad about it either way. Fair but. enough. Anyway, Ashley, let's take a break real quick to talk about our sponsor, Upstart. We all know how difficult it is to get through life in the best of circumstances, but when you have to get through life dealing with financial hardships, whether that is credit card debt coming out the wazoo, whether it's unexpected expenses or not being able to fly up two days early to see (laughs) anyone can whistle at Carnegie Hall in March, our friends at Upstart are here to help you out.
1: Yeah, they're here to help me pay for a ticket because I don't have to fly at all. So it doesn't matter what that is, if it's that kind of personal expense, if it's paying off credit cards, if it's consolidating high interest debt, you can become one of over a million people who have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. They know that you're more than just your credit score, so they look at more than that alone. They consider other factors like your income, your employment, and other information provided in your loan application, and they find you a sm- smarter rate for your loan. You can check your rate without impacting your credit score in just five minutes. Pretty quick for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And you can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Not as quick as five minutes, but still when you're getting money
0: very quick. Absolutely. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Broadway.
1: That's upstart, U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash Broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you.
0: Loan amounts will be determined based on your income credit and certain other information provided in your loan application.
1: Once more, go to upstart.com slash Broadway.
0: All right, Ashley, getting back into the news, we are going to complete the continuum of emotions from the excitement of Kimberly Akimbo to the nervousness of Patty's diagnosis to the anger and sadness that we heard about late Thursday night from the public theater. Public artistic director Oscar Eustace and Ralph Penna, the producing artistic director of the Mao Yi Theater, said in a tweet thread that to celebrate the first performance of the, company's, uh, the two companies' co-production of The Chinese Lady on Wednesday night, they invited Yip's Dragon Style Kung Fu and Lion Dance Company to perform in the theater's lobby for a celebration. However, on route to the theater, one of the company's members, who has not yet been identified by name, was assaulted assaulted near Seward Park, which is not far from where Christina Yuna Lee had been murdered just 10 days before the dancer was attacked. It's like
1: the Delancey Essex Street stop if you're local. Got it.
0: According to the public, quote, his glasses were broken, his eye was bruised, and he was kicked multiple times. Because he couldn't see well, he couldn't perform his role, but insisted instead on playing one of the instruments and the group insisted the performance go on as planned. Now, Ashley, hate crimes against Asian Americans have risen dramatically in recent years, thanks in no small part to the asinine assertions by a certain person Mm -hmm. and certain people that Chinese people are specifically responsible for the current pandemic. Of course, we know that anti-Asian racism is not something new in the U.S., as last week we marked the 80th anniversary of Japanese internment during World Mm -hmm. War II. So I don't have anything nuanced or insightful to say beyond that, Ashley, other than that those of us with the ability to do so have the distinct responsibility to call out hate and racism wherever and whenever we see it. Absolutely. And to put our voices and our money, um, you know, where our, you know, Twitter activism, uh, you know, takes place. So we have to do more uh-huh. than that. And things like this are a reminder that even in our, you know, supposedly, you know, liberal and accepting nirvana of New York City, uh, that things are bad and things are getting worse.
1: That's kind of the thing. Like I don't really have I, I think you said it beautifully and I don't have anything more insightful to say about it. But it, it you did touch on a point of like the New York City utopia. And we're even dealing right now with the fact that our new mayor, Eric Adams, uh is nominating mm. anti LGBTQ people into the into office. Um so we're seeing that, we're seeing this, and it's just it It unfortunately is a reminder that You know, we can live In a city as Vast and diverse as This and still have To deal with this bullshit And I'm just mad, it's it's kind of Really what it all comes to, I'm just mad I'm mad for Anyone dealing with this, I'm mad For Asian people, Asian American people Pacific Islander people, all AAPI People that are dealing with this And uh, that's that's kind of just what it comes down to. And as you said, yeah. like, this is where our voices have to come in, because it's unfortunately not going to get any better for a while.
0: Yeah. All right. So in some other crappy yet unsurprising news, the New York Post published a story on Thursday night chron- chronicling a, quote, nightmare situation behind the scenes at the upcoming Broadway production of Paradise Square. Now. In lots of cases, I would have hesitated to pay this article much mind because the piece's author, Johnny Oleksinski, has often picked up the worst muckraking habits of the tabloids' Uh other pages and brought them to theater. So normally I would have just rolled my eyes and moved on. But this is a situation that... We've been talking about internally all week last week. So when it was published in a, you know, fairly notable paper, I thought it was appropriate to discuss. Um, I won't get into all of the details. You can obviously read the article in the show notes if you would like, but essentially, unsurprisingly, there are concerns that Paradise Square's producer, convicted fraudster, Garth Drabinsky doesn't have enough money to keep the show running and that the size of. Alleg- well, that's what I'm saying. This is according yeah. to the article. Yeah.
1: I just um, I just felt like we should probably reiterate yes. allegedly before we get into trouble.
0: Oh, because it would not be the first time that Garth people came after me for yep. something I said. Yep. So anyway... um so the, the the article alleges that Drabinsky doesn't have enough money to keep the show running and that with the size of the cast and the production that it is severely undercapitalized. In a statement, Drabinsky's journal manager said, quote, Paradise Square is fully bonded and cast salaries are paid current week and are up to date and no salaries have been missed throughout the nine years of its development. However, apparently, Actors' Equity issued a stop-work order last Monday before allowing actors and stage managers to return to work the next day. The show's spokesperson, uh, Jim Bick from The Press Room, which is a-, a group that we have a great relationship with. We love everybody yep. over at The Press Room. Um, Jim said, quote, There are some administrative issues that the cast wanted their union to address, and they used the President's Day holiday on Monday, February 21st, to do so. They were back in rehearsal on Tuesday, February 22nd. We moved to the Barrymore Theater next week to begin the tech rehearsal process ahead of our March 15th first preview. Now, Ashley, I am predisposed not to trust Drabinsky, like I think mm-hmm. many in the community are, especially um, after, as I mentioned, he his people, or some people, I don't think they necessarily worked for him, but were connected to a production of his that mm-hmm. chastised me for saying something that was 100% accurate, mm-hmm. uh, but we won't get into that. But I also don't want to jump to too many conclusions based off of rumors and a gossip column. Sure. So I feel like splitting the difference between our worst instincts to assume everything is horrible with Garth um, and assuming that what Jim said, everything is hunky-dory and everybody's, you know, flower and rainbows. That's probably not true either. Sure. But – as, as somewhere I said, in the middle. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully hopefully somewhere in the middle and not with all of this is alleging. Exactly. And as we've said before, I think we all want this show to succeed. It has mm-hmm. an interesting story. It has some phenomenal artists totally. both on and off stage. But it just seems that whenever, wherever Garth goes, trouble follows.
1: We'll see how it plays out. That's all I can say for now.
0: Mm-hmm. anyway mm. let's wrap up the show with a few bits of news it was announced late last week that the principal cast for the london premiere of bartlett Shear and the lincoln center theater company production of my fair lady uh, has found its stars playing eliza doolittle will be amara okarike uh, amara is best known for playing um, cosette and les miz and polly and the boyfriend in the west and she is a black actress which is very very notable uh, mm-hmm. for this production. Returning to the role of Professor uh, Henry Higgins. I almost said Harold Hill. I got my wrong H oh professors for musical theater in there. Um, but playing uh, Henry Higgins will be Harry Hayden Patton, as he did on Broadway. And um, playing his mother will be the great Vanessa Redgrave. Uh, nice. She, Very she, nice. Nice. Yeah, that is a very nice, uh, addition to that cast. The show will begin performances at, uh, the English National Opera's London Coliseum in May 2022. Now, I will say it, I, this predates you, I believe, Ashley, but here on okay. the show, I lobbied a lot for a person of color for Eliza yeah. in, in this production. I actually had suggested, uh, Ashley Park before she became mm. a TV star. Um, and It makes even- so
1: much more sense.
0: Or even somebody um, of of Indian d- descent because totally. of the colonization that England was doing in the subcontinent you yeah. know, at that time. So it makes more sense. Um, it didn't happen. I know that some of the standbys and understudies were eventually people of color. So that makes sense. Um, but I am very happy to see that when they do make this move uh, to London that – uh, they've, they've taken that into consideration.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of those shows and roles where, like Little Shop of Horrors, putting somebody who's of a marginalized community makes significantly more sense than not because it's dealing yeah, with, with someone who's othered. Yeah. Totally.
0: Absolutely, all right. Finally, we can make this a recommendation too because on Friday, always Broadway Bears, quote New York City's much-anticipated modern-day burlesque spectacular, has announced that they will be returning to a live in-person performance for their 30th anniversary at the Hammerstein Ballroom on my birthday, Sunday, June twenty-sixth, wow. this yeah, year. It is. Um, my Broadway anniversary. Bears Oh, congratulations. My birthday is more important. (laughs) Um, As always, Broadway Bears is produced by and benefits Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. Um, Jerry Mitchell, who is the creator and choreographer and producer of the Broadway Bears uh, show uh, has promised some uh, s- pretty exciting different packages that are available for people at the VIP level uh, but tickets are on sale now you can get them there will be two shows as always at 930 and midnight
1: Broadway. featuring Sorry, Broadway no. Bears exciting packages. Hmm.
0: <laughs> it actually, the fabulous Stripper Spectacular package is uh, yeah, what it's being called. I that. So, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> oh happy birthday to me anyway all right thanks everybody for listening to today on broadway follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at broadway radio and you can find me on twitter and instagram at pww matt ashley where can people find you
1: you can find me on twitter and instagram at no this is ashley
0: all right everybody don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash broadway radio or patreon or slash patreon i have a ton of interviews coming up over the next few days i spoke with the wonderful stephanie torns who a lot of you know from waitress over the years um she's got a show coming up at 54 Below, I spoke to Robert W. Schneider, who is the artistic director of J2 Spotlight uh, Theater Company, which has a production of A Day in Hollywood a Night in Ukraine running right now, and has a bake the Baker's Wife coming to Theater Row in a few weeks. He's also a prolific podcaster as well. I have a, an article or a story—I um, <laughs> don't even know what I'm doing anymore—a podcast <laughs> interview um, with the biographer of Buzzley, Busby Berkeley, and then uh, Jen and I will have a new episode of This Weekend theater coming up this weekend so get over to patreon get all those episodes before they hit anywhere else all right that's all we got have a great week and we will talk to you tomorrow